0: Welcome to Audio Pi's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone.
1: Welcome back to the Audio Pi GCSE series on A Christmas Carol. This episode, we focus on the title, A Christmas Carol, and consider the interesting way that Charles Dickens has structured the novella.
0: So, what is the significance of that title? Carols are sung at Christmas. This is a story intended to be read. And although Ebenezer Scrooge sends a Christmas caroler packing in the first stave, that only seems like a tiny part of the narrative.
1: True, but carols are something joyful to be shared at Christmas time. And carols are another tradition much older than Christmas itself. They began as pagan songs sung at the winter solstice celebrations, which usually took place around the 22nd of December, the shortest day of the year. The word carol originates in the ancient Greek choros or dancing in a circle, and from the old French word carol, which is a song to accompany dancing. So carol has come to mean a song of praise and joy. During Dickens's lifetime choirs and orchestras were springing up in the cities of England and people wanted Christmas songs to sing, so the practice of carol singing was revived. As well as singing on the streets, in homes and in churches, the tradition of caroling from home to home was born, along with the giving of alms to the singers. Many new carols were also written during the Victorian period, so Dickens was tapping into the popular culture of his time.
0: So carols are a way of spreading joy and when Scrooge dismisses the poor unsuspecting carol singer the owner of one scant young nose gnawed and mumbled by the hungry cold as bones are gnawed by dogs stooped down at Scrooge's keyhole to regale him with a Christmas carol but at the first sound of
1: God bless you merry gentlemen, may nothing you dismay
0: Scrooge seized the ruler with such energy of action that the singer fled in terror, leaving the keyhole to the fog and even more congenial frost. We are being invited to see that Scrooge, more than anyone, needs the joy of Christmas in his life.
1: That's right, and the reference to a carol isn't the only musical aspect of Dickens' novella you will have noticed that the story is structured into staves rather than chapters. A stave is the set of five parallel lines that notes are written on in sheet music.
0: So Dickens is mixing art forms. What's the idea behind that? Why not ordinary chapters?
1: In an orchestral piece, staves can be put on top of one another to create layers of music. So you might have the melody on one stave and different types of accompaniment on others. Dickens uses that idea to communicate the idea of harmony in his narrative. Together, the impact of each of Scrooge's four ghostly visitations result in a transformation within him. So the five different staves perhaps represent the depth of change that has taken place. But each chapter, or stave, also stands alone as its own story.
0: The first four staves are each named after the ghost that haunts Scrooge. So there is Marley's ghost, the first of the three spirits, the second of the three spirits, and the last of the three spirits. Then the final stave is the end of it.
1: Yes, Marley's ghost is Jacob Marley, former friend and partner of Scrooge, seven years dead. So in stave one, the idea of Scrooge's awful character is established through incidents like the one you mentioned with the Caroler, but also the way he speaks to and treats his nephew, his clerk, and the two visitors who are seeking alms for the poor.
0: That's the second time you've mentioned alms.
1: Well, alms are money or goods given to those in need as an act of charity. The word alms comes from a Greek word meaning pity or mercy. So in its original sense, when you give alms, you are dispensing mercy, something that Scrooge absolutely lacks in that first stave.
0: Likewise, Scrooge's former business partner, Jacob Marley, who has had no rest, no peace in the last seven years, but suffered the incessant torture of remorse in the afterlife. He wears the chain he forged in life. It is a heavy, ponderous chain as a result of his mean-spiritedness and the suggestion is that Scrooge too will suffer the same fate. Marley's ghost is able to offer no comfort to Scrooge other than to say that he is here to warn his friend that you have a chance and hope of escaping my fate.
1: Next, in stave two, we meet the first of the three spirits, who introduces himself as the ghost of Christmas past and takes Scrooge on a chronological journey through five Christmases in his lifetime, beginning with the places where Scrooge was a boy, a solitary child neglected by his friends. Scrooge weeps and is reminded of the boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. He notes that, I should like to have given him something. So already there is a marked change in his attitude.
0: Then in stave three, the second of the three spirits is the ghost of Christmas present. The ghost shows Scrooge a lavish Christmas morning feast and then contrasts that with some of the celebrations of the poor, like in the home of Scrooge's clerk, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge is struck by the helplessness of Tiny Tim and asks if the child will live. The spirit warns him that if these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Scrooge sees lots of homes in poverty, but in each case, the family have a happy Christmas. Scrooge begins to recognise the value of the loving family life that he rejected in Christmas's past.
1: Stave 4 gives us the ghost of Christmas yet to come. This is a much more sinister and disturbing figure than the other spirits, and resembles a sort of grim reaper figure, who once again leads Scrooge around the city, but this time to show him different, uncaring responses to the death of an unknown man. Scrooge gradually begins to realise that this is the fate which awaits him, and pleads with the Phantom to be allowed a different end promising to learn the lessons that the spirits have given him and change his ways.
0: So, each stave has an even more powerful impact on the mind of Ebenezer Scrooge, leading to his determination to reverse his fate and carve out a better future for himself in the fifth and final stave, The End of It.
1: The first stave has also set up lots of parallels with what happens in the last stave. Remember that idea of harmony? Even the weather has changed, so that it is in harmony with Scrooge's altered attitude. No more fog, instead golden sunlight. Scrooge is cheerful and generous and utterly transformed.
0: So, our Christmas carol has the joyful ending and the sense of harmony and community and togetherness that was
1: lacking for Scrooge at the start. Indeed. So, thank you once again for listening. Other episodes will look much more closely at how Dickens has crafted each of the staves and the representation of each of the spirits. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next pod.
0: We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening everyone.